This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. A little punter tease. Again, they get back to practice on Monday. Had a nice little bye. A little conversation from Darren Simmons, special teams coach, before going into the bye, talking about, hey, they got to do what's best for the team. He knows what's happening with Kevin Huber. It's not going too great. If you look at some of the rankings right now, Kevin Huber's pretty low in the standings when it comes to NFL punters. The thing is, you never really want to punt the ball. But sometimes they had to, and it's not looking great. And I think the Monday night football game really stands out because everybody knows what the offense was able to do against the Carolina Panthers. But they struggled with field position so far this season, and Kevin Huber hasn't been great. Uh, what's going to happen? And were you surprised Drew Christman was getting some of the first team reps, but also Kevin Huber is still on the roster. I wasn't surprised Drew got some of the reps. I think we talked about that last week i want to say and we were just basically like yeah i think it might be time for drew to take the job because what kevin's doing is just not really acceptable by uh the punt runs punter epa he is i think the fourth worst punter in the league right now which is pretty low uh still ahead of steelers punter presley harvin but pretty far down there and that's not really acceptable you could find better punting not off the streets but as from UDFAs, my guy Ryan Stonehouse is top five. I want to just throw that out there. Bengals okay. should have should have heard me as the punter as a punter whisperer. I'll try to find the the next gem in this draft class. I really just picked Stonehouse because he had awesome hair. But uh, yeah, I I just think it's it's time for the change. But it does seem like they might not be going about it the way I wanted them to because if they're going to go with Chrisman, I don't want them to just kind of like kind of skirt around the topic and then end up just starting Crispin and making Huber inactive on game day. I kind of want them to be go up to Huber and tell him what they're doing because he is such a long-term vet. And I believe as we talked about most games played in Bengals history. Yeah. I, I think those conversations could be happening. I guess I'm a little surprised if, I mean, yes, I know Crispin was on the practice squad and you already have a punter that's currently active on your active roster, but he was, yeah, on Monday when they had their short, light practice, he was with the first teamers on special teams. So I feel like that's telling. But also Kevin Huber did talk about it in the media on Monday, just kind of like, look, I get it. I'm not good enough right now. He knows what's going on. So I wonder what those conversations are, are like. And, and like you just said, maybe they make him inactive and Drew gets the start. I feel like really Wednesday, again, Wednesday and Thursday is when you can really tell where the game plan's going. If it's not a player that's a vet that's sitting out and the starters are out there who's getting first team reps, you really know what side they're probably going to go on for that week. So I think we'll know more tomorrow and Thursday of the route they've taken. It does feel like we're talking about it a little too much. And I apologize because I made it a topic two week or two days in a row. But it's just a big change because Kevin Huber has been in that spot for so long. And you think of just how bad the special teams has been this season. Yeah, it, it's long-term vet. It's not like this is a guy that's only been with the team a couple of years. He's most over 200 play, games played as a Bengal. I mean, that's yeah. such a long time. He's been a punter for basically my entire, what, not my entire existence as a Bengals fan, but most of it and what, at least the past decade. He was there in 09, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so it's it's been like forever for him. So 
sucks that he might be losing his job, um, but I do think that Chrisman might be the move. Because in preseason, they punted about equal, and it was like league average or so. And I think the tie would go to the experienced holder. But then Huber started pretty strong, I think, week one, and then he's just kind of dipped since then. And it's like, well, we need better punting than that. And I know the other guy punted better than that in the preseason, so let's give him a shot. Maybe what they're doing is giving Chrisman, like, a, a dress rehearsal? I don't know. It's it's hard to figure out for me where it's like, if it was me, I would have just, I, I think you go to Huber, try to have the discussion, and be like, we, we're going to go with the kid. Sorry. Yada, yada. And make the move, but it seems more, I don't know. They're kind of more beating around the bush of like, yeah, we might go with Huber, might go with Grisman this week. And if I was a player, I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm like, I would just be like, just, just let me know. Yeah. I mean, cause here's the thing, Kevin Huber, if they do end up cutting him or maybe it's just, they carry two punters, which is absolutely wild to me. Uh, but they might, cause who knows, but I don't think it's about the placeholder or anything like that because I think it's pretty much they were both the same when it was training camp and then they see practice. Um, I, I I don't think it has to do with that. I, I do think it's just more of who they're familiar with when it comes to Kevin Huber. But, yeah, we'll find out more this week uh, to be determined on what they do in the punter battle. Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase is still in the squad right now. Uh, they had the bye week. He was out for a few games, missed the Browns game, missed the Panthers game. The outlook course the national media when that injury happened was this guy could be out four to six weeks we're not doctors we're not going to predict his future when this guy returns i know you know some people are reporting it's maybe optimism uh paul daner my guy paul daner said they're they're you kind of hold out for the titans game right now um but maybe them eyeing kansas city as the return game again nothing 100 percent. zach taylor was asked about it again on monday he did not deliver a timeline and if i was a head coach even if i knew the timeline i'm not saying a word this injury from any doctor who's talked about it sounds pretty complicating but something that players can play with the rest of the season and for that guy to look the way he did in the atlanta falcons game to be dealing with that injury it's absolutely insane i feel like it kind of um, you know, lingered more in the second half, but still he was pretty unbelievable in that game to be dealing with an injury that he may have re-aggravated in that game. When you think of Jamar Chase and say you're putting your GM hat on right now and you think, all right, no Pittsburgh. Oh, I don't know about Tennessee. Is it more of how these next two games go? Or is it just kind of the outlook of the battle of those games coming up? You have Kansas City, you have the Cleveland Browns, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks, you have the Patriots, you have Baltimore, you have the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it is a full slate of playoff teams, maybe not the Cleveland Browns, but the look ahead is uh, it's like the playoffs start on Sunday because it's important to win that game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, especially because they don't have a good conference record. If they can get that conference record up, they'll get one of the main tiebreakers. Uh, for playoff for wild card because I, the division's not out of reach, but they have to finish a game above the Ravens. They don't just have to tie them. They have to finish above them, which is difficult, especially considering the Ravens back half schedule, even though it's any given Sunday. Uh, for me with chase, it's just when, when he's fully cleared, I, I'm not even thinking about the future or anything like that. Cause I almost think of the long-term future and trying yeah. to rush him back. And I think that's why they sat him in the first place. I think this, for whatever it's worth, I think they could have put him on IR 
they were just hoping he'd be back. Like to me, it was never a big deal. If there was a chance he could come back, then I thought it was fine. And that extra roster spot, who's it go to? Just like that's exactly so, no a practice squad guy. It's like they're not picking up anybody that huge at this point. So I didn't I didn't care too much about the extra roster spot. I thought if there's a chance he comes back, then you just roll the dice. And it seems like that's not gonna work, but is what it is. So I just think about the long-term future. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a guy that's going to be hopefully with the team for the next decade. <laughs> like yes. the number one wide receiver in Cincinnati. I think you just worry about that. You don't worry about let's get him back here and make the playoff push this year. And I know this is like the window, but it's just got to make that playoff push without him at points too. I mean, the, the schedule gets tough starting with Kansas city. And that's when you hope the, that chase can come back. And honestly, the Titans they are an underrated team every single year but uh you got to be able to win without him he's not the quarterback he's important the second most important player on this offense he affects defenses without even getting the ball as long as you're not don't have a quarterback injury you need to be able to win yeah and i think you know you brought up a good point a lot of people, if if Jamar Chase does come back against Kansas City again, we have no clue. We have no clue. The only person that knows what's going on with Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase and the doctors. <laughs> they know what the outlook is. They might know things behind the scenes that is not out there when it comes to his timeline. But I just feel like I think people need to understand this reaction of, say, he. I don't see him playing against Pittsburgh. I still I wouldn't put too much into Titans. But again, we'll see what happens, what Jamar Chase looks like and if he's good to go. But if it is Kansas City, I think a lot of people will say, well, then why didn't they put him on the IR? They have Jackson Carmen as a healthy scratch right now. A roster spot is not an important thing at the moment. So I think, you know, obviously if he felt like he was good and he could return, then you roll with that. You roll that dice. Jamar Chase is good. He's good. Now it's like, okay, whenever he feels good. And I agree with you. It is a long-term situation. It's a long-term mindset when you think of your wide receiver. Let's think of the future. You still have that window right now. It's game by game. And you look at a lot of NFL teams. I know how people feel about the Baltimore Ravens, but Lamar Jackson's down quite a few playmakers right now. There are a lot of teams without a Tyler Boyd, without a T Higgins, without a Hayden Hurst, without a Joe Mixon when he's on his game. When you look at the Panthers game and what we might see from the run game that would take this offense right now and say, I'd roll with it. 100 percent. I'll let my number one wide receiver get healthy while I get this offense going. And as you mentioned, you have number nine out there, Joe Burrow. I know there's oh, Jamar Chase is the best offensive player on this team. You got to have a quarterback. Your quarterback is the for me personally. That's how I see it is the most important part of your offense. And you get Joe Burrow out there. You still got T Higgins. You still got Tyler Boyd. You still have the weapon. So, yeah, the outlook needs to be what is best for Jamar Chase, not the oh, you got to have them out there because you need to beat the Kansas City Chiefs again and you need to see what happened just like last year, January 2nd at Paul Brown Stadium at the time, having Jamar Chase against none, none of that matters at that time. It is about the future, and you can still win games with this offense. We talk a lot about T. Higgins as a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. He's wide receiver one right now, and I, I mean, I think he is that good. Yeah. So he just has to show it. Joe Burrow going to be a $50 million a year quarterback. Those guys can win without their number one guy. And he's already done it once. Let's just keep seeing that. Joe Mixon, keep earning that contract just like he did last week. Keep earning earning those paychecks. Tyler Boyd, underrated, keep showing. You know, it's just like they've got the guys, you know. It, I know the offensive line at times is just not good. 
but at times it's also fine. And as long as they're performing at an okay level, I think that Joe Burrow has enough time. Even Aiden Hurst, yeah, that's another guy. It's like he's earning a new deal, whether it's with the Bengals or not. They're all just – they're earning a new check. And the defense has been performing pretty well during Chase's injury. Even the Browns game, they only gave up like eight points it's for so most annoying. of the first half and then 11 points at the end of the first half because of the missed field goal and all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. They performed fine in the first half of that game. The the, the Bengals' offense just kept putting them in a bad spot. Uh, yeah, to me, I think – these guys are good enough. They have to show they're good enough to win without Chase. And then when he gets back, the offense should just be even better because they showed they found a way to win without Chase. So now they don't need him and use him as much of a crutch as they were early in the year. Now they know they can get to all this underneath stuff, the intermediate stuff in the run game. And then Chase is there to take the top off the defense and maybe get some yak opportunities to really threaten and make home runs happen. So I think when you add that on top of all the other stuff, that's when the offense is fully all the gears are turning where it is right now is good enough. I think it's a good offense on paper. This is still a good offense, even without Jamar chase. So let's just, they just have to show it. You mentioned Hayden Hurst and there is a little reaction of why isn't he getting more involved? I still think they're nursing the hamstring just a little bit. And that could be something that a player deals with the whole entire season. And that's always kind of hard in season when you have a hamstring injury. So I think he's still getting the reps out there and he's a key guy. When you throw the ball to him, I feel like he's consistent. He gets it. He can make a first down in a play when you least expect it. So if you are, you mentioned the extension. I'm going to throw this at you right now. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals and he continues to play what what you've seen from him, pretty quality tight end. And I besides Tyler Eifert and Jermaine Gresham, because I did have a disclaimer when I mentioned this before on the podcast, I think they value the tight end position of right where it's at when you have a guy like Hayden Hurst. Would you extend him going into next year? Yeah. Um my first thought is something like I don't know, three years, 20 million, just something that's like not, it's an upgrade from where he's at. He's at one, one year, three and a half million right now, but it's also not, he's not a guy I would break the bank over. He's a functional, good tight end with some athleticism. I think that's really valuable. I'd give him an extension. I mean, you look around and I just try to line it up with when I'm making the big deals, you know, that, that Joe Burrow and, possibly T Higgins extensions and maybe Logan Wilson are all going to happen around the same time. But when they sign the extension, that's still a good year to have a player on the book because most of that money is the next year and the year after just backloaded all the way. So that's still a fine year. That's still not going to be a big cap hit and you can have the Hearst and these other players deals kind of run out right then. And then you don't have to make the extension if he hasn't, leveled up from there or if you're just like we can't afford to pay uh, an okay uh, a pretty good tight end or even a great tight end maybe they can't afford to pay a great tight end because they're paying higgins they're paying chase they're paying burrow there's only so much offense there's only so much money you can put in the offense so i would give them a deal i would try to line it up with when the burrow deal happens yeah i, I think you, you talk about the i'll make this quick but the tight end position around the league i still find the jets one head scratching because they really haven't involved cj uzama into that offense they but signed they, two tight ends around the same level. I thought that was just very I'm, interesting uh, because, like, if I signed Uzama, I'd just be like, okay, we got we yeah. got a pretty good tight end. 
Yeah, if I'm if I'm CJ, I'm like, yeah, I got the bank, I got the money, but man, I was getting more balls from uh, Joe Burrow. What's happening over here? Uh, but yeah, no, again, no, no CJ Uzama slander. He did great things when he was in Cincinnati. I just find it a head scratcher from the Jets. But we'll move on next on it's always game day in Cincinnati.